So the colleague this morning is asking for God's pardon and peace. And in the gospel, we find out the way to pardon, and that's through the faith. And so the father exhibits the faith, uh, and because of his faith, there's the healing of the child, right? So, so we have that. But, but then there's the question of peace, and of all the things that we might not be expecting, uh, and what I want to spend a little bit of time this morning is Ephesians chapter 5. Now, there are people who could well preach on Ephesians chapter 5. You know, you'd almost take every two or three words, and do, you, know, you could spend six months. So I hate to give you a gloss this morning on Ephesians chapter 5, 10 to 20. I'm going to spend uh, maybe more at the beginning than the rest. But, but uh, in any case, it's interesting that the Bible understands that if you want peace, you have to be ready to go to war. Did you know that? Now, some of us, we say, oh, that fits our politics. That's what our dad's done. But my dad taught me that as a boy, that you won't find peace if you're not ready to go to war. If you, if you won't defend it, you won't be able to keep peace. Uh, and, and that's a, you know, a political thing. But it mirrors the spiritual kingdom. So that in Ephesians chapter 5, we find out at the end of all the great things that Paul tells the church about themselves, their identity, uh, justification, the gospel, all these things, it builds up. And then Jesus says, Here's how you maintain the peace through the Apostle Paul. Here's how it's going to happen. And so Paul wraps up all these different things. And, I mean, if I were to give you a really short sermon, which I'm not going to do, but, but this first sentence here in verse 10 uh, says so much. So he says, finally, my brethren, verse 10, Ephesians 5, excuse me, Ephesians 6, I said 5, pardon me, Ephesians 6, he says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Now, I'm not, listen, I was one of those guys who worked very hard to get good grades in school. Uh, I had a good short-term memory. I would love to tell you that when I took Greek and Latin and these things, that I studied them, learned them, and I never forgot them. And that wouldn't be true. Uh, for me, particularly, languages I find perplexing, even English. Uh, and uh, so... I'm not a Greek or Latin scholar, but I do understand enough about language to read the commentaries and to understand them. When people who spend their time with people who are familiar with Greek or Hebrew or whatever, I do have enough understanding about language and linguistics to understand what they're talking about. And this is a case where it's not trying to impress you, and I'm not trying to pretend to be some big scholar on this stuff, but it's really, really important that when he says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, that you know that the verb is in the passive, the present, excuse me, passive imperative. Present, passive imperative. Now what that means is to be strong in the Lord is something that has to be ongoing. It's present tense. It's passive in that the source of the strength and the power is God. It's God. So, so for example, I, you know, we used to have five acres of land when we were growing up and uh, it was an old farmhouse in Pennsylvania, and uh, they had uh, the gar whoever laid out the gardens, and there was ponds, and you know, beautiful. It was uh, all more or less beautifully done with flowers. But one of the things that the guy or the woman, whoever it is that did the gardens in the 1800s, they planted these azaleas, and some of you know azaleas, and lots of rhododendrons as well. But the azaleas, you actually have to trim some, uh, and, and the azaleas, they had it set up that they bloom continuously. So there was a section of the azaleas that would start blooming, and it was Pennsylvania, so I don't remember if it was May or June. But like then, after a couple of weeks, the next group would come, and that, when, the, when the flowers were dying down, different sections, whole sections, would bloom together throughout 
the summertime, and I mean, took, you know, uh, some of you know that that's not maybe hard to do if you know what you're doing, but you don't see it all the time. But one of my jaws with all these hedges and beautiful, ornate things that my father loved, uh, but part of the reason he loved it is he had me to do a lot of that, the, the silly work. You know, back then they didn't have weed eaters and all that, so there was a lot, of, a lot more work. Um, but when you had to go out there with the hedge trimmer, uh, if you uh, did the hedge trimmer and you didn't, weren't smart about how you did the cords and made sure they weren't going to come apart, you were out there, you'd be, you'd be doing the hedge trimming, and then if you lost power, you knew that what? It wasn't plugged. Somehow the cord came out. One way or other, the cord came out. One time I used a hedge trimmer, and I was, I don't know what I was thinking. I was, you know, I don't know, 10, 12, uh, but, but I uh, cut through the cord. That wasn't real smart. But the power went, you know. Other times I didn't pay attention to doing the sort of, some of you know you can, wrap around so it gets tighter if you're pulling it doesn't come I, you know sometimes i didn't always do that i mean i learned to do that because you it can you know you come out of power you can't do the job in a sense what what the apostle paul saying if you don't stay plugged in to the power source of god you will never be able to make your stand against the enemy now some people it's a big revelation that there's an enemy they would like to pretend that there's not uh, spiritual stuff going on. While I was praying this morning, the light in the porch, where it's my little office in my house, was flickering on off. I was laughing. I mean, there is a real enemy. My file, because I send this, as believe it or not, I just take this off my computer, I get it to 16 font, and then I send it to myself, and then I print it out one copy at home, I come here and print copies. It wouldn't send this for probably 15 minutes this morning. And it just normally takes a few seconds. Just, it, it, was, it was a comedy. But I've never had that happen in 20-something years. It was just something. But here we are talking about the fact that there's an enemy. There really is an enemy. Some diseases, sometimes when you deal with the enemy, people physically heal up massively and profoundly. One of the things that... Uh, uh, Father Nigel Mumford, often he anoints the trigger finger of soldiers who have killed other people and have the condemnation. The enemy has used the guilt and the shame and all those bad feelings and things, uh, and their bodies will be in terrible pain, their mind in pain, can't function well, and in receiving the forgiveness of Jesus and anointing the trigger finger, their whole bodies, they actually had a video of a guy, his whole body, you can see the tension and the weight coming off his body, by anointing in the name of Jesus his trigger finger and experiencing the forgiveness explicitly and specifically for what he did. He, he told some stories, I can't tell them this morning because they were somewhat horrendous, but about people who had, who had to do some things uh, that were horrible. Uh, they, they didn't do them uh, except for that they had to in a very bad context, but they couldn't get over it and, and the power there. Why? Because there's an enemy there and the condemnation uh, and the judgment and the shame and all this thing that their bodies are falling apart, their minds falling apart. Uh, there's healing and there's power. Paul said, look, we have an enemy, and the only way that you can face the enemy properly is to stay plugged into the power source of God. It is so. It is present, passive. Imperative is a command. Present is it's ongoing. Passive is you're receiving the power. So to be strong in the power that's not yours, but if you continue to receive it, and you live your life, you, know, you get up in the morning and you give your day to the Lord, you read his word, you, you can stay connected to the power of God and his love. And though that doesn't mean you're, you avoid the battles, or you avoid, 
but you don't get drowned in the battle. You don't get overtaken in those battles. And, uh, and Paul says, really, I hope you'll never forget that. Stay plugged in. Present, passive, imperative. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Listen, God and the devil are not sitting there with the, you know, like, uh, who's going to win? God is infinitely greater than the devil. But us, apart from God, are not as powerful as the devil, apart from God. But with God, we can do everything through God who strengthens us. Uh, we have, I have uh, been there and uh, led exorcisms and deliverance many, many times. I'm, I don't want to say I'm a scaredy cat or something, but I would never get around the demonic if I didn't know Jesus completely wins. Uh, I think in the Baptist church as a boy, something, some gift of faith came to me. I don't know if it's when they prayed for me. I don't know if I was born. I don't know what God did, but there's something in me that, that when they taught me about Jesus dying on the cross and that he defeated the devil, somehow that clicked, in which I just know in a way that other people who are wonderful, better Christians than me, it's a, some people have certain gifts. For some reason, I know Jesus won against the devil. And, and that confidence in Jesus, again, my grandmother's prayed, my grandfather prayed. I, I don't know all where it came from. But for me, that's easy. And I know other wonderful people, it's not always so easy. I'm grateful for it, however it came, however God gave it to me. I'm grateful for that. But it comes also from knowing the Word of God, knowing, oh, we have His power. I don't ever go thinking when I approach uh, we have children, uh, different people that are even presently coming to the church on Thursday nights and things who have serious uh, problems that have a demonic peace. Uh, I'm never thinking I'm some good guy or I'm some wonderful person. Or it, it, Part of the whole thing is knowing it's Jesus' power and that he's letting us walk in his power. We're not any big stuff. We're no big cheese. It doesn't make a bit of difference uh, being a bishop or a priest. It's, I know the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord, and I know it's his power, and I know that if I ask him, and if I hold his hand, if I stay plugged in, when I pray, heaven answers. That's what all of us, it's accessible for all of us. Now, everyone's gifts aren't going to be the same, it's not going to be, you know, but, but every one of us, as a believer, if we can learn to walk in his power, his strength, when we remember it's him and not us, if I start thinking about me, am I good enough? Am I holy enough? Am I gifted enough? I mean, I would never want to do it. I'd never want to pray for your headache, your cold. I wouldn't want to do anything if I was thinking about myself. Because I know there's nothing in myself of myself. Now, I do know Jesus lives in my heart by faith. And if I'll focus on him and I'll come to the Father in Jesus' name, who knows what wonderful things can happen. That's what's so thrilling about sending a team to India, seeing John Carl at 22, whatever, uh, Mary going all over the place, seeing people healed and uh, trauma. I mean, she does a lot of things kind of similar uh, to this thing. Not so much focus on soldiers, but a lot of people uh, have had tremendous pain and been through lots of things. And, uh, you know, what a wonderful thing. But you got to know, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And that that's real and there's an ongoing and constant need. Put on the whole armor of God. The, the armor, of course, was designed to work together so that you wouldn't have any uh, vulnerabilities. Uh, and if the armor wasn't on correctly, and if you had one part of the armor off, that would be, of course, the open place for the enemy to attack you. 
Now, just by time, I'm not going to get into it, but let me, let me just mention, so you've got the belt of truth. Everything was connected to the belt. So even the breastplate, it would be tied back into the belt. All right, so you've got the belt of truth. So you have truth that's objective, and Paul, you know, he was in chains. He was chained to Roman soldiers. So he's writing this under house arrest. He's chained to a Roman soldier, and so he's thinking about these things because he's seeing the guy and getting dressed in his uniform and his armor every day. All right, and so he's thinking metaphorically about the armor. And so, of course, he says the thing that's going to anchor it all, that's going to keep your garments out of the way and keep all the rest of the armor together and strengthened and held together is the belt of truth. So there's a truth of who God is and, and what he said. And, and, and then there's the truth of the virtuous life, meaning that we live lives that are true. So there's objective and subjective dimensions of the truth. Then, of course, there's the breastplate of righteousness. All right, And that's the righteousness that Jesus died for us on the cross, that when we come into conflicts, when I'm not, I'm not thinking, oh, I'm sick, but but I'm not uh, good enough. No, I'm thinking, Lord, you died on the cross to heal me, and you love me, you've forgiven me. I'm focusing on the fact that because he loves me and has forgiven me, because he has committed himself to me in Jesus, I can, have, I can come to the throne of grace with every expectation that he's going to hear my prayer this morning or tomorrow or the next day. Uh, and so the, the, for me, the breastplate of righteousness is something I think a lot about. The gospels, the feet, you know, they strapped up their shoes, the Roman soldiers could march twice as fast as every other soldier. And apparently it was shocking. Other armies could not believe how uh, fast they could march. Uh, and they would get snuck up on a lot by the Romans because they, they were not anticipating. Part of what it is, they had studded nails in their shoes. But they didn't go straight down. They went like this. So they couldn't go back. Okay, So if you think of your spikes you know, in a golf course or in your... You know, uh, uh, football or, or the old baseball metal ones, their, their metal spikes in their shoes tilted back so they could not back, you know, when they were stuck in there, they, it wasn't just neutral, you know, I mean, straight down. It was like this to help them to stay and to be going forward. All right, they had the big shield of faith. You know, they had the shield. The shield was not the little small shield. It was the one where the, the word in Greek is for the big door. And, of course, if they linked arms together... They were able to put those up, and as long as they stayed together, like the church, staying together, they were able to have an impenetrable. They would soak the leather on those things. They had a wooden frame, and then had these tough leather. They would soak it in water, so when the enemy sent the, the tar and the arrows that would be burning, that they would be extinguished by the fact that those leather uh, shields were soaked in water. So it would extinguish the flaming darts of the enemy, he says. But they, I mean, it's a real thing that happened. People would have arrows, and they'd have tar or whatever it was on them. They'd be flamed. But when they hit those big shields that were soaked in water, they would be extinguished. Uh, you know, they would be stuck in the shield, but the, the water, that would, would eventually be able to put them out. The helmet of salvation, you know, you've got to protect our mind. Uh, uh, the only offensive, of course, is the shield of faith. I'm just barely just even mentioning things. There's, there's a whole lot there, which is the Word of God. If we don't know the scriptures and what God hath promised, what the Lord has said, what our marching orders, I mean, I wouldn't dare pray for the sick or do this or do that or, or have the audacity to, to stand up against evil. And these, if it weren't that I have my marching orders from the Bible, God has told me, not uniquely, all of us in the scriptures, God's told us. And because he's told us, if we believe him, then we can... I, I remember at about, even younger than John Carl's age, 
uh, taking an internship in uh, Joliet State Prison outside of Chicago in Joliet, Illinois, a maximum security prison. I had inmates threatening to rape me and do all kinds of things I won't describe for you this morning. And it was pretty freaky because the way the guards were in that prison, they could have, humanly speaking, they could have got to me long before the guards could have helped me, even if the guards were that willing. Uh, the, guards, the guards didn't always seem to care one way or other, but nonetheless... Um, I remember thinking to myself, either the Bible's true and God's going to protect me. He sent me here. He's either going to take care of me here or he's not. But I might as well find out now. Because it'd be a shame, the thought that came to me, it'd be a shame to be serving the same God that Daniel had and that David had and all these people Peter had. It'd be a shame if that's all real and I just chickened out. So I've got to find out. And I've got to do what I believe I'm supposed to do and though there's, it's possible things are going to go bad and turn south, it's possible, but I, I, I can't not do it. I've got to find out. Do you know in all those years and all these years, the Lord's never let me down. He's, you, you can't believe the places and the dicey situations we've been in. In India and Africa and Latin America. Uh, you just can't believe the things. But honestly... Inner city Chicago, where I used to go, not even the prison, that was probably some of the craziest places I've been. We had police stop us before we'd go into neighborhoods to tell people about Jesus. And the police would say, if you go in there and they shoot you, we're not coming to get you. They would have the streets where actually some of those places, the Cabrini Green and Robert Louis Stevens Hose, they've actually torn down those projects because they were so bad. But we used to go in on Sunday afternoons. And uh, the police would warn us. Now, honestly, that's, I don't know that I've been any place where I was more aware that my life was in God's hands. But I also knew, I wasn't just a stupid kid. I was stupid, but, but, but I knew the Lord had sent me. There is power. There's a real enemy. There's power. It's from God if we'll stay plugged in. If we'll stay living with his power, being aware of it, asking for his help, it, we can live a supernatural life. That's what he's expecting. None of us are expected to be up to the task of all the evil around us, not just in our own families, let alone the neighbors and the neighborhood and the cities, if we'll be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, we can, in a daily fashion, learn to be protected, to walk with God, and to advance in the place that God has planted us, that we would do the good that he's given for us to do, and that we can know that he has, uh, at this conference, I didn't realize it, I've heard on movies, but it never hit me the same. Somebody was being prayed for uh, on a combat situation uh, at the conference I just got back from. And uh, the person was going through a memory that was a post-traumatic memory. Uh, and uh, in a small group was going through that. And they were uh, looking to see where was Jesus because the person had never been able to get over this situation. And uh, the guy saw Jesus behind him. And he said, oh, Jesus says, He's got my six. I thought he said Jesus has my sins because I wasn't in the military. And apparently our six, of course, is behind. You know, they, they'll say, you know, like three o'clock enemy at three o'clock or whatever, 11 o'clock. So to, to have your six is to have your back. But I didn't, as a pastor, I'm thinking, I thought he was like, got your sins? Of course he's got your sins. <laughs> I didn't realize. But, but what Jesus told him, and this beautiful healing happened, was in this combat situation where he was scared to death. He was doing his job, but he was scared to death. He sees Jesus, and of all the places, Jesus could have been beside him, could have been in front of him, could have been any. He sees the Lord behind him, 
And the Lord says, I've got your six. And it was liberating. And the reality and the knowledge that God was there and God is here, it trans- you could see it's beginning. That was a powerful healing moment. Uh, and it's a reality that we all can live in if we choose to believe what the Scripture says. We've got to focus. We can be strong in the Lord and the power of His might, and then we can make it. There's nothing too big, too great, if we're walking humbly with our God in the knowledge and staying tight with Him. Uh, Lord, we love you. There's so much, Lord, and we don't... Uh, there's so much that could be so overwhelming that could make us afraid. But Lord, I pray, Lord, that, that you would help us for the conscious, uh, daily awareness of your presence, Lord, of your power. Uh, Lord, not that we're being presumptuous, not that we think highly of ourselves. We're nobody, Lord, we know it apart from you. But because you love us and you live in our hearts by faith, would you help us to trust you and to step out in obedience? Lord, we pray, Lord, that we would be girded daily with the belt of truth, Lord. That both our own lives would be true and honorable and virtuous, as well as, Lord, the truth, Lord, of your teachings and your ways, that they would form us. The gospel of peace, the good news, Lord, uh, that is advancing, and that your gospel that will win in the end, Lord. With all the ups and downs of history, your gospel will win. The breastplate of righteousness, Lord, your righteousness that has forgiven our sins, Uh, which is big enough to transform all those that would turn to you, Lord. That all the condemnation, all the guilt, all the memories, all the past, uh, Lord, provide it for in the cross. The helmet of salvation, Lord. Oh, our head protected, our minds protected, our hope uh, in your present salvation, deliverance, and the future. Lord, the shield of faith, that big door-sized shield. Oh, Lord, extinguishing the fiery attempts and the, the lust and the covetous thoughts and all the different things that come to us. Oh, Lord Jesus, in the shield of faith the, 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 and the sword of the Spirit, our offense, the knowledge of your word and the declaration of your truth, knowing, Lord, that as we stay plugged in, that your word, you'll honor your word and you'll enable us to be the people uh, to advance in this world, not go back. So, Lord, would you help us? Would you strengthen us? Would you fill us with your spirit and with the expectation of your victory, that we could join you in your works, Lord, and that you'll enable and empower what we do, Lord. You have our six, uh, and and Lord, that we can know that uh, and that you love us that much. So bless us and strengthen us in the mighty and precious name of Jesus and the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen.